Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, a part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, and across the desk from me, in his own home, in Minnesota, Mr. John Dam Johnston. John, you are one-third of the tripod. We miss Haas desperately, especially in these very trying times, but how are you, sir? I'm as, as well as could be expected. <laughs> I mean, I, look, that's so, kind of the answer you give for our, you know what I mean? Let's 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 talk briefly about it. We we talked quite a bit about COVID nineteen, you know, and obviously the, the shutdown of sports and everything last week. But we have had, at least in Illinois, we have had now a full week as of. You know, this is you know we're recording this Thursday night. It drops Friday, but we'll say you know it's been pretty much a full work week of kind of home court. The hashtag stay at home or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's my job was deemed essential. I got the paperwork to prove it. Son of a bitch. Um, but my wife has been home, and that was planned anyway uh, because she's you know, had finished up her previous job as a staff nurse and starts her new job in, in the doctor's office this upcoming Monday. But she's been home for the last two weeks with our four-year-old. And I don't know if you remember what it's like with four-year-olds, but they have a nonstop reserve of energy. And so from, you know, the time he gets his feet on the floor in the morning till the time that you pretty much, I mean, we don't sedate him, but, you know, we, we do everything we can to, you know, wind him down in the evening. He's just nonstop. He's he's 100%, 110% motor. Um, how are you all doing up in Minnesota? Well, the, th- the one thing uh, is you have to understand about Minnesota is, uh, well, there's, there's a few things. But number one, uh, when November rolls around and it starts to get really freezing cold and, and, you know, winter really sets in, pretty much what happens is, everybody in the neighborhood just goes into their houses and we don't see each other until it starts to warm up again, which is around now. Sure. So what you have is people who would spend some of their time when it's warm out. We have bonfires, we get together, we drink, we laugh, we tell jokes, we have fun. Uh, winter time, most people just come home from in their cars, drive into their garage. Uh, you never see them, right. literally don't see them for months. So, for us to be like separated and stuff like that is is kind of natural. This is the time of the year we're coming out of that. So it's a you know what I mean? It's the time to start going, Oh, hi, how are you again? Oh, you remember me? Hey, you're not dead. You know, it's kinda like mountain men getting together once a year someplace what, in a what, saloon. What about but, the winos uh, in the alley? Well, the winos in the alley moved, you know, to warmer places like <laughs> California months ago. And uh, they normally start coming back in uh, April, May, June. Uh, the second thing you need to know about Minnesota is that uh, most of the people that live here, at least most of the white people that live here, are Scandinavian heritage people. And those people are cold anyway. 
my mother was mostly Norwegian. I can say that. So if you're Swedish or Norwegian or Finnish, uh, get off my ass. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, they're just they're they're generally more cold people anyway. The best joke, and I think I might have told this before, I've ever heard about Minnesota is uh, Minnesota, where the introverts introverts walk around looking at their own shoes, and the extroverts walk around looking at everybody else's shoes. So. <laughs> Minnesota is a place where the the whole lockdown, social distancing is is very natural to everybody, and we're doing very well at it, from what I understand, better than most states. Although we go into lockdown, I think Friday, tomorrow. Right. Um, I I don't think I'm not deemed essential, but I'm deemed like exempt because I'm an uh, IT person. Uh, I can follow into different categories for being exempt from that. Uh, my wife wants me mostly home because, you know, I would be considered a vulnerable person sure. because of my age and my heart attack. But um, I don't know. I, we're doing pretty well. I mean, it, it, put it this way. It, I live in Chaska where Luke Roscom, our baseball player, is from. Uh, we have a, it's a very nice affluent suburb. It's got trails all over the place. There are more people walking and running out on the trails than I've ever seen before. This also means that they're leaving their dog shit all over the trails because the motherfuckers can't apparently waste the energy to bend down and pick it up. And uh, so you're stepping on a lot more dog shit than you used to. I ran into my neighbor, into one of my neighbors today on the trail, and he said uh, he's lost eight pounds uh, because he's not sitting down at the VFW drinking and he's not eating shitty food. And by shitty food, what he means is food that isn't healthy. He doesn't, you know, right. our VFW doesn't serve food, but he's not going out to the bar. Uh, my wife's lost five pounds. I haven't had alcohol now in over a week. Wow. Uh, my conclusion from this is uh, that uh, 50% of us, of us are going to be in better shape. 50% of us are going to be alcoholics and and perhaps there's some kind of Venn diagram there where uh, maybe people will be better shaped than alcoholics. I don't know. Well, there was um, uh, an image. I don't know if it's a meme. I don't know if you consider it a meme, but it says something you know on, on social media about uh, you know think about the number of uh, babies that are going to be born nine months from now. And and the f- follow up comment, like the first comment underneath it was, you know, think about how many divorces are going to be because you know couples by and large have to. <laughs> around each other you know 24 7 and again not not my case not in my home's case uh um, but you know it's uh and and i don't i don't ever joke about divorce or anything like that but it's you know just it's it's unusual time so we talked a lot last week about you know not having sports and and uh somebody caught some hell before we get into that can i just say you can say whatever you my want. Daughter this is your is, show. My daughter's upstairs. She works at home. She's been working at home now for a week. Wait, uh, man, my I, wife's I, been laid off, so she's at home. Uh, they I haven't know. really said much to me about this, but I know that they probably are shocked at how much I actually have arguments out loud with myself. Time out. I thought I literally. I thought all the kids. I literally. I, I thought all the kids flew what? the nest. I uh, know the the son and the girlfriend and uh, the daughter. The daughter, the granddaughter, moved out. Okay. But the my my daughter had moved back from L.A. because it's just too freaking expensive to live in L.A. and try to pay off student loans. I understand it. Well, but I'm sure sometimes they're upstairs and they're thinking, "What 
the fuck? Who is he even talking to? Is he on the phone? My God, he's not on the phone. He's just screaming. I will say this. <laughs> as we record, you have a, a legit alibi for all the screaming that's about to take place because you're talking with me. There you go. And we're doing it for you, the uh, uh, loyal listeners of the Five Heart Podcast and all the great podcasts here on uh, Coronation Radio. Uh, of Bangerangs and Daggers, they have... Uh, uh, called an audible here in recent weeks, so make sure that you get caught up on that uh, for all your Nebraska ball news. Uh, of course, we have uh, the return, the recent return of the Big Red Cobcast, and uh, uh, eventually, I think we're going to add more to what you can find here. We we like we always like the post game uh, overreaction shows, but uh, uh, we also have a former Husker Husker legend. Uh, and John and, and Jay Foreman, who is on the podcast team as well. Yes. I have not been doing mine because I'm in uh, IT and I've been Swamped. working about 12-hour days for, yeah. I don't know, the last two weeks. And there's John's uh, post-life crisis. Fun. Let's not forget about John's post-life crisis. He yeah. died for us. So that makes two. <laughs> That's two gentlemen with uh, the first name that begins with J. Who died for us, uh, and he he gets to you know. By the way, I, I know I tell you this privately. I'm going to say it publicly on the record and em- embarrass you a little bit. But I do love your conversations on uh, your show, John's Post Life Crisis. I think you do a terrific job, and your guests are always uh, just simply tremendous. So, uh, a tip of the cap to you, sir. You you're you're fantastic. Hope wow. Hopefully, I'll get back to it soon. We'll see what happens. And so what do we got for news? Well, uh, something we actually, through, through everything else that was going on last week, we kind of missed it. Uh, we got some transfer portal news, and it's actually going to span about the last week or, or 10 days uh, of headlines. But if we go back to last week on the 18th, it was announced uh, right here, coordination.com. I mean, it wasn't announced on coordination, but we certainly covered it, that uh, we have a one-and-done on the Nebraska men's basketball team in Jervey Green, who spent two years out at Scotts Bluff at Western Nebraska Community College. Only one year on the eastern side of the state, he uh, entered the transfer portal last uh, week. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, just because, I mean, you got to be picked up, right, to to actually go anywhere? You do. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're just going, oh, I'm going to go out here and, did, you know, like a wormhole to another place or something. Right. I mean, somebody does have to pick you up. I would think that somebody would pick Gervais Green up. I find it disappointing he's transferring. Agreed them. on all counts. Um, I thought he played well, you know, when we were shorthanded. I thought he played his guts out in the last few games of the year, and it's really, you know, between him and Cam Mack deciding that he's going to try the NBA, I mean – which I it's don't even like think we talked about that much. either. What's that? I, I don't think we mentioned Cam Mack uh, in his, that decision last week either. So uh, we, no. were, we were in such a such a funk. Um, and then uh, D- Deshaun Burke is transferring. Yep, and, and that was you know that was one of the uh, uh, other I, I guess one of two holdovers from the uh, Tim Miles era, except he was the one who did not play under Tim Miles, whereas uh, Thor did. Um, it's, I don't know. that every, Everything about this seems... Is it just growing pains under Fred Hoiberg, you think? Or is it? Is there something else uh, possibly 
you know, under the surface that we don't know about? Because it does seem, you know, you have three, you know, essentially, I mean, Cam Mack was a starter. Uh, Deshaun Burke started at times, and so did Gervais Green. But you have three solid contributors, and I don't know. It just seems odd that all of them kind of decided, hey, you know what, we're going to, we're going to dip our toe or, or try our hand elsewhere, potentially. Yeah, it's almost like we're starting over again, although we do have some good transfer people coming in. I think part of that is just, you know, college basketball is a transfer-itis disease. Sure. That's terrible. And even, <laughs> and even you mentioned something in Slack uh, this week. It was announced there was t- – Oh, I'm not going to be able to remember exactly who it was, but someone I think was leaving Ohio State and going elsewhere that you know is a competitor, uh, you know, or, or that competes at the you know the conference level, and was granted uh, ability eligibility to play right away, you know, a transfer with the immediate eligibility. I can't remember the situation there, but I know you said uh, we're the NFL now, you know, like there's no, there's no. I don't want to say punishment, but there's nothing to deter. People are moving around at free. Right. Right. Yeah. But I can't remember that situation. And I guess, you know, they're college athletes. That's their prerogative if the NCAA allows that. And basketball, the thing that's interesting, I think, for most fans is that uh, they they tend to pay attention to their own team so that when they look at, like, oh, my God, we have three basketball players transferring. They don't realize, they don't look over at like Ohio State or Michigan or Wisconsin or some teams like that and realize that uh, they have a bunch of guys that are transferring every year too. So, you know, when people would complain about Tim Miles can't keep good players and stuff like that, that's true for all college programs. or It's actually true all over the place for colleges. I mean, people just move around. They're a lot more mobile. And and to be clear, the – the, a lot of these, you know, Husker men's basketball players leaving did come on the heels of, uh, you know, a a Wisconsin Badger transferring in to Nebraska for ne- um, you know next year. I don't know with what type of eligibility status. Um, I believe is uh, Corbin Coben something like that. Um, it was a Kobe. Kobe. His Co- last name is a Bryant though. No. Um, no. I, you folks, if you if you want more on that or, or certainly more conversation, uh, more opinion on that of bangerangs and daggers is the podcast for you. But yeah, so I mean, it does happen. But when you have you know a first year you know head coach at at this school and you have com- uh, uh, you have guys who you know were um, I, I I even said the word just minutes ago contributors uh, in Green Mac and Burke Jr. It does seem unusual that all three are opting to you know find greener grass at the same time after one year you know what i mean i mean if it, i know that we have you know a lot of guys who un, you know had to sit because of the you know uh transfer rules they had to sit this past year uh for one reason or another and and the next year's team's supposed to be better than this year's team but it'd be a lot better if you you know had confidence that Mac was going to be here, that Green was going to be here, that Deshaun Burke was going to be there. It just seems like the fact, the timing of it all. Like after you know one, after another, after another, all three of these guys were like, "Yeah, we're going to go." You know, we're going to go to the transfer portal, or we're going to declare for the draft, but we're keeping our college eligibility just in case. 
So I don't know. Um, it, all that uncertainty, it just we we got enough uncertainty. Let's just keep our damn rosters in in check. Can can we do that, please? That'd be nice. Yeah. Damn it. Um, so it's, they, that, that's all that I had on the men's basketball transfer portal. We also learned this week that uh, Javon McQuitty, Husker receiver, who had medically retired uh, from football, entered the transfer portal as well. I don't, I don't get it. It was a miracle cure. It had to be. And, and look, if we're handing out miracle cur- cures, let's go get that one for the big one that's sweeping the globe, right? Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, this was announced or, or reported oh, hell, um, on the 23rd. So, yeah, earlier this week on Monday, it was announced that McQuitty from Columbia, uh, Missouri, a for, former four-star who, because of injuries and everything else, never really got started here. Uh, in Nebraska. So, I mean, good luck to him. He's got to do more elsewhere than he did at Nebraska. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, I don't know how you go from, I, I still don't understand how you go from medically re, uh, retired to, now nah, we're good. We're, we're back in this game. Just Maybe me. he'll figure he'll go to a smaller program where he won't get beat up as much. Maybe. So let's talk about those smaller programs, John. Terrific segue. Okay. You you just you are so natural, so gifted. You're oh my just God. You are. Move on, buddy. Well, let's, let's talk because it, it ties in uh, to what you just said about smaller programs. Uh, it was also announced just Thursday, the twenty sixth, uh, earlier today, that two women's basketball players were leaving Nebraska, and the reasons being, and they're not. It's not like they're. You know, going to UConn or Notre Dame, um, but they are going to smaller schools. Uh, junior Ashton. Well, Ver- what, what, one is one is. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Put the pause in it. Uh, junior Ashton Verbeek uh, will transfer to Dort University in Sioux Center, Iowa, which I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, will be corrected. Isn't that where our uh, very own Paul Dalen went to school at Dort? I think it is. Ha-ha. I remembered one thing. I'm very happy. Um, and Kayla Mershon has uh, gone on to go the to... The University New- of Minnesota. And that's tough. I mean, you've got to feel very happy about that, but come on now. I mean, not you, but Rotten Sun anyway. Um, how do you go... I don't know. I mean, I know she... I think the key is, is that both of these young women are transferring home. That's not fair. I mean, that, they that, are. They're I know. Basically, I, I know. They're going home. But come on now, you don't go. You you could find a, a, a D two school in Minnesota. You don't have to go to UM. You you sit here and agree with me. I think you can. You could, but she's from Chanhassen, which is like a mile, two miles from me. So really, uh, Yes, and I mean she's a Division One player transferring to do a Division One school in conference, and going to be able to be within twenty minutes of her house, basically. Well, I uh, hope when they... you look at Verbeek, you look at a player who is a Division One player who is transferring to a school that's in the NAIA, but she's also going home. 
And I think this is very key for people to to watch, you know. Uh, they didn't announce that till this week, right? Right. Okay, so now we got all this virus stuff going on, and you have to ask yourself, is this going to affect – and it's there's a tendency to maybe just look at this and say, well, that's just women's basketball. Well, maybe it isn't. I mean, let's face it, over the years – Nebraska's always had a hard time recruiting across the nation because we're so far away from where the football players are. You know, there's this attitude that a lot of people have as Nebraska football fans that, well, why wouldn't somebody want to come here? And the reason is, is because mom and dad have to travel a long ways to see me play and they can't afford it. Well, is this the whole virus thing where, you know, people are being locked down, the entire nation is basically at home? Is that going to make it even more? Is that going to make it more difficult for Nebraska to recruit across all of their sports, or is it actually going to make it easier because nobody's going to be going to games and stadiums or arenas anymore until this all figures out? We don't know how long that's going to take. So maybe the entire world becomes watching sports like they're in a Zoom conference, and since Zoom seems to be the one that everybody's using. I still don't know what that is, but it is. It is uh, insane. I don't think, you know, I don't think there's going to be the the if the report is true, and I'm not saying it's not, but you know, it it was uh, reported that there was a soccer match in Italy, and it was uh, a linked at to or perhaps uh, associated to the epicenter of. A deadly outbreak of the coronavirus at, at you know this in, in Milan or something like that. I don't know how many thousand people were there, and you know they experts were calling it a biological bomb. So I I could see until this is eradicated in mass, you know I don't I could see where there's not going to be sports. You know I mean we already are, are without sports, and you know there's been talk of. You know, like the NHL is pretty pretty adamant about getting all 82 games in and then having the three months of the uh, playoffs or whatever it is. I and mean, that's that's an exaggeration, but it's not much of an exaggeration. Then how, you know, you run into how much time do you take off between the Stanley Cup if you finish that in September and the regular, you know, the 2021 or 2020-2021 season that start, they're supposed to start up in October. Like, you know, that do you... Do you let the coronavirus affect, you know, one season, two seasons, you know, as far as trying to, you know, delay everything? It's, it's, and, and look, I, in, in the grand scheme of things, and this is, you know, I've said it before when, you know, we, tragedy has struck coronation. In the grand scheme of things, sports is minor. You know, lives are important. Let's, you know, but it, it's you know interesting to think that how many how many people are looking at and you know putting out all of these uh you know like okay if if it's clear by this day we can go on this day you know that that type of thing it's it, but back to your point i there is 100% merit in what you're thinking about you know students student athletes going closer to home but i wonder if that's going to affect you know not just the student athletes being recruited but you know, like just kids who, you know, maybe live in Illinois who have always dreamt of going to school at 
the University of Nebraska, or as I mentioned earlier, Notre Dame, or you know, you're a Midwest kid who gets accepted to an Ivy League school, or you know, Arizona State if you want to die of alcohol poisoning or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's here, here, here's does, a does, line from that match. Here's a line from the article about that match. It was Atlanta versus Valencia. And it, here's the line. I'm sure that 40,000 people hugging and kissing each other while standing a centimeter apart four times because Atalanta scored four goals. The final resort, result was four to one. Was definitely a huge accelerator for contagion. You know, and, and mm-hmm. keep in mind, you know, I don't, Nebraska fans probably don't kiss each other, but uh, maybe people in Europe. Uh, have a penchant for kissing each other on the cheap. Plus, they're all football fans, F-U-T-B-O-L, or soccer fans, as we say here. And they're all quite passionate about their sport. You'd have to ask yourself how many high fives you're going to give the next sure. time you're in a stadium. Well, and, and you know, how, you know, if, if it's, you know, on the defensive side, uh, how, how, I mean, when you throw the bones, do you throw the bones and, you know, connect with the person next to you? I and mean, that's, you know, it, it's it's not hand-to-hand, but it's, Or you know, if we have to be forum. six feet apart, how many people can still fit in Memorial Stadium? I'm guessing not 90,000. <laughs> Is it about a third of that, maybe? Um, You'd have a lot of room, though. Yeah. I mean, people have complained for a long time that those seats are really, you know, you got to squish yourself into them seats. It, it's all. Just, I guess maybe you won't have that problem anymore. And I wonder, and this is looking way down in the future, but since it's something that you know, my wife and I have discussed, you know, being a part of and participating in, is if because of you know, like the uh, uh, athletic uh, department revenue that's being lost from you know, no, you know, essentially canceling out the rest of the Big Ten tournament. And I'm not, I, I'm using Nebraska as, as an example, but any, you know, program would would uh, be it. But no, you know, tournament, no March Madness, no, you know, revenue from spring athletics, no spring game revenue, uh, which, I don't know, it, it, it's free to get into the spring game or 10 bucks or something like that, or it goes to the chair. I don't know. Anyway, uh, if the Nebraska-Illinois game in uh, Dublin 2021 – is going to be canceled or pushed back a couple of years. You know what I mean? Because now you're trying to get two teams, two you know athletic staffs, two fan bases into one area, and you know they're coming from all over the place. Like I said, it's some plus, to- plus you're going overseas, and now people are, you know, China has done this whole thing where they well we've eliminated all of our cases and we've eliminated all of our new infections. Now the new infections are coming in from people coming from international travel. So you know, they're, they're, how long is it going to be for that? Yeah, uh, I want to talk more about this and the numbers and things, but first, John, we've got to take a time out and we got to okay. remind everybody about the power they wield in their penis. Thanks to Blue Chew. <laughs> They, too, can be like He-Man, raising aloft their mighty, you know, and saying, I have the power. We'll be right back. You know, John, I think I ate too much when I got home from work tonight. Why do you say that? I feel full. I I came home. uh, My wife cooked because I was working later than I had most of this week. And she cooked brats, had a couple brats, had some chips. 
I uh, opened up a can of, I don't know, Del Monte or whatever. I'm not, this is not an ad for them, uh, but opened up a can of mixed fruit thing. You know, my son, you know, he's four. He probably gets mixed fruit at school or daycare or something like that. He was not interested. So I just ate the whole can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Looking back now that I, I probably could have, you know, put some of it away, like in a container and put it in the fridge or something, but I didn't. I just, you know, it's fruit. Fruit's healthy, right? Yeah. We'll go yeah, with that. Yeah, sure it is. Sure. sure. I'm uh, sure that Del Monte stuff that's covered in so much syrup is... Actually, uh, this was... This was the stuff that was uh, not, not in the in the syrup. This was in water. Oh wow! Okay. So well, I, I then tr- it was healthy. Good yeah. job. And then I took pop tarts upstairs and and had them before I showered. That was like my dessert. You had, you had pop tarts before you showered. Yeah, I mean that's that's as much detail as I'm gonna go into it with you, you pervert. Uh, <laughs> No, this is this is these are words I've I've never heard strung together in my life. You didn't have pop tarts before I showered. You don't you don't have a you don't have a, a, a pre shower snack at all ever anytime? Not pre that's pre shower snack. What the what the hell, Greg? Called- is the shower so strenuous you have to have a <laughs> snack before you go in the fucking shower? <laughs> it's uh you know You can like do it. I gotta have a protein bar to survive this spot. What are you doing in the shower? I don't want to know. <laughs> I was think of it like tailgating, you know. Not, no, don't think of it like tailgating. I, I, oh. uh, I immediately regret bringing up this topic of conversation. But welcome back to <laughs> a the pre-snack shower. No, a pre-shower snack. Oh yeah, that's what it is. I'm sorry. If you if you have the pre-snack shower, so you have the shower before the snack. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you had. You had Pop-Tarts before you took a shower. Yeah. I literally, you know, I've heard of pe- people like having a shower beer. I've you done know, that I've before, done too. That. I have a shower beer sometimes. Yep. But I never, never in my life has somebody said, yeah, I had some bacon and eggs, and then I took a shower because, uh. uh. Speaking of, this, can, can you keep a secret, John? Oh, yeah, sure. So this Saturday morning, I'm making breakfast. And I'm making homemade biscuits and gravy. Like, even the biscuits. Because you can't find any fucking cans of biscuits in the store. So I'm making homemade biscuits. But don't tell my wife. Biscuits. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just got to get up at like four to do it. Because I've never made biscuits before. Did they turn out well? I don't know. We're going to find out. Saturday morning. Oh. Okay. I've never made them before. We're just going to... We're just gonna do our best. Gonna, gonna, as they say, give it the old college try. And speaking of colleges, I can imagine if they're good, you're gonna have to go. Well, I'm gonna make some biscuits for the shower. <laughs> I, that's not where I thought. I thought you were gonna go. Well, if they're good, I'm gonna have to tell John about it on Slack. No, well, I, you, you will went, have to that. I haven't had biscuits and gravy in quite a while, and I kind of miss it. But now you got me thinking about pre-shower biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> you really need help, man. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, speak- Maybe people should write in and tell us what their favorite pre-shower snack would be. Or maybe they have one. Maybe it's me. Maybe everybody else on the planet has a pre-shower snack. That's not- In my entire life, I've been devoid of this 
uh, human consumption that I didn't know about. That's not what I thought uh, when you said maybe it's me. I thought, oh, are you talking about you are their pre-shower snack? Is, is that- no, that's that's weird. You need something. <laughs> you know, we're trying to make jokes, John. We're trying to entertain the folks. Making jokes to entertain the folks. <sighs> okay. Uh, pre-shower biscuits. Yay. Pre-shower, uh, yeah, pre-shower snacks. So anyway, uh, speaking of that old college try, um, and by the way, if you want to be a part of our show, use your voice by calling or texting 402-327-1830. And please do it soon because I got a message from Google Voice saying that uh, if I don't get any activity on it by mid-April, I'm going to lose the number. And then I'm going to have to retype that post and it's 402-327-1830 and hear your voice on the next Five Heart Podcast. But... Um, we kind of alluded to it, you know, if everybody's opting to stay home, that that's going to have, you know, not just an, uh, you know, adverse effect on recruiting, but on, uh, you know, just on, on a, in college enrollment in general. I mean, it, if, you know, if I, you know, if my son were, you know, a high school junior or senior right now, and this was going on, he'd probably be like, you know what, mom and dad, instead of, instead of taking that walk on, uh, opportunity at the University of Nebraska. I guess I'm just gonna, you know, stay home and go to this community college and and uh, you know go maybe go and you know follow follow Dad's path to a, a ten year career in radio that goes nowhere. And uh, you know, I, no, I'm not gonna let him do that. Uh, I'll let him. I'll let him do a lot of things. I'm not gonna let him follow my path. Um, but you know, it, it it's um it's going to have an adverse effect on on really the entire university system, is it not? Yes, it has to. I mean, right now you have uh, universities refunding room and board if people are living in the dorms. Uh, Nebraska, you know, I mean, if you're a Nebraska fan, you know that you're proud of the fact that our athletic department does not take any state funds, that they're completely self-supported. They don't charge student fees, and a lot of universities charge student fees. So are those being refunded? I'm sure that's a university by case by case basis. Um, I would say that having, well, put it this way. I mean, SB Nation is a network of colleges. I mean, we're a network of websites. I try to pay attention to what other universities are doing. I talk to a lot of other university people. Uh, Nebraska has an athletic department that's better run than most. I think we have had that for a very, very long time. Uh, people hated Bill Byrne, called him Dollar Bill Byrne because he was the one that started the mandatory donations thing. But at the same time, he put the university in a position to be in a in a much better budgetary condition. You know what I mean? In a much better financial position than they would have been otherwise. Um, <clears throat> we have the sellout streak going. Of course, every, people will probably wonder, you know, will that continue this fall? Uh, Nebraska moved from the Big 12 to the Big 10. People are going, well, maybe that was a bad move. No, it wasn't. And right now is exactly the time that you should be realizing why it was such a great move because the Big 10, it, through the Big 10 network, uh, has disbursements or has money being given out to each school that's equal, which is was not in the Big 12. But also, it's much greater than any other co- conference out there. 
so Nebraska's athletic department should be actually in, in pretty good shape going forward. The university, you know, like most universities, right now they would be recruiting regular students, and those students are not, like you said, going out to visit campuses. Campuses. So what is the enrollment going to look like in the fall, even though, you know, maybe things will get going and maybe everything is going to come up and, and the economy will start booming back into shape or not, at least not booming, but probably getting on its feet again. Well, people, are they going to go to school? Are they not going to go to school? I'm sure that college administrators all over the place are dealing with that subject. Um, there aren't, I don't think there are a lot of private, small private universities in Nebraska because Nebraska just doesn't have the population. But if you look at the landscape across America, there are tons of small private universities, and maybe Dort is one of them, honestly, uh, that rely solely on tuition to keep themselves running. And if they don't have the enrollment and if they have to shut down for an extended period of time, uh, they're going to not be universities anymore. They're going to be a collection of empty buildings. Dort um, University. If, well, you know, Dort is a private university and it has an enrollment of about 1,500 students. It's probably a prime candidate for ha having extremely serious economic problems in the coming year. So, you know, uh, do you care about that if you, you're a University of Nebraska fan? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not, I guess. But at the same time, it's it's a, another economic impact across the nation of which people are going to uh, be unemployed. You're going to have buildings sitting, sitting empty. And, of course, there's an economic impact of all of it. The you know, you know, you touched on a lot there. Uh, and that is a lot to soak in. One of the things, you know, you're absolutely right that a lot of these uh, universities, institutions are, you know, in refund mode, you know, and they are, I mean, they're, look, we were not prepared for this at all. And I, I think even with, you know, a, a moderate amount of attention that would have been given to the situation a couple months ago, I'm not 100% sure anything would be different than it is now just because, I mean, you had morons going down to Florida for spring break anyway. Morons are always going to do moronic things. End of story. I, But this, the, the way, look, as far as the way that the education system has handled everything, like, as I mentioned, my son's not, I mean, he's four. He's in a preschool program, like an early childhood program. And you know, we're still getting emails from his teacher, not every day, but, you know, a few times a week that here's some things that, you know, we had been working on. Here's some things that, you know, that you can work on with, with your child. But the way that the education system itself rallied to make, you know, uh, curriculums online was really incredible. And they did it. Pretty much on their own, and I'm, that's not to open up the political discussion, but there was no, you know, it was like, all right, well, we've got students, we've got to figure out how to educate them, we have 48 hours, go, you know, type of thing, and it's an ever-evolving process, but like you said, you know, when they're refunding room and board because nobody's on campus, like, I'm supposed to deliver to 
SIU, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, uh, this upcoming week. And last time I was there, you know, two weeks ago, she said, yeah, you can skip us because we've canceled all our events till the end of April. I mean, now it's probably gonna be longer than that as well. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't affect just, you know, students, but it affects vendors. Um, I saw something online as last weekend, as I, you know, had a lot of time at the time, you know, at, on that particular uh, moment, but it said, you know, like, look, if you're a you know high school or college age student, look at the industries that are deemed essential right now. Try to find work in there because you know that you're always going to have uh, some income coming in. And I didn't think about that at the time. And as much as I bitch and moan about my job, you know, it's still kind of nice to have one or, and I don't, I, I, folks, if you are out there, if you've been laid off, I, I apologize. That's not me. Don't take that as me rubbing, you know, your nose in it. Um, I'm just saying that, it, you know, it's, I took it for granted because I don't like my job, but you know, it's better than nothing. You, you know still I mean? have it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we can talk about universities and the, you know, small schools going out of business, but uh, there's a lot of bartenders and waitresses out there that are, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to them. I don't know what's going to happen to the establishments they work for. If, if this stuff goes on and people don't attend, if we have sports without attendance, I'm sure that, you know, business adjusts and, and people adjust to how that life is. But, the, you know, you still have the bars and the people that work in them and the people that, you know, their patrons also. Then how is that all going to look? You know, well, think about this. If if we have one thing's for sure, if we have sports with no, you know, body, no crowds, nobody in attendance, uh, TV ratings are going to be up. You know, I mean, that's that's a uh, an easy thing to decipher. But if we are to September and we're still not allowed to congregate, go to, you know, bars, sports bars, restaurants, things like that. I mean, that. let me ask you this. And, and I'm. Switching directions here, but I, I did want to ask: Have you had the opportunity to, you know, like order carry out or take out or delivery or anything like that in the last week or so? Have you, are are your restaurants shut down yet up there? We we haven't done any of that just because. Your wife's a tremendous cook. We all know she's the best. <clears throat> well, she, you know what? She got out the bread machine. She started making this. <sighs> Uh, garlic and herb bread that she's made years ago and it's absolutely fabulous and with the moment she made the first loaf we all went oh my god why didn't haven't we been doing this all along so how, how much you know i okay how, I, how much how much how much do y'all want for for a loaf of your wife's uh <laughs> garlic herb bread 20 bucks all right i will pay value uh, trust me you're gonna get you're gonna get the PayPal money before you get this uh, graphic novel that I've been holding on to to send you for like a year. Okay. <laughs> You're going to get 20 bucks and I expect bread. Okay. Here's the, here's the other thing that I would, <laughs> I, I hate to admit, but I will. Uh, I have an instant pot. And okay. I know what those people are like. Okay. I am part of an instant pot recipe group on Facebook and the, the people who put it this way, the people out there who put recipes, I mean, they become instant pot like addicts. They become insane people. Like, you know, like some of them are like, could I cook prime rib in the instant pot? And you're kind of like, what kind of heathen sinner 
the fucking hell person are you that you put prime rib in an instant pot? That's just wrong. That does I mean, seem like what going intended yeah, for. That, I was gonna say that. that when seems, I saw somebody, <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say that seems like you know um, sin. Yeah. Well, yeah. Blasphemy. That's the word. Thank you. Yes. You. Yeah. It took a minute. And then I saw somebody else is going. Has anybody done popcorn in the instant pot? You're kind of like, what the? F- I mean, don't put everything in there, but you can put, you know, nice bulk stuff that you can do. All right, let me ask you this. So we've been we've, we've been cooking. We, I mean, we we don't eat out a lot anyway. Uh, so no, we have not ordered any takeout. We haven't ordered any pickup. I haven't even gone to the liquor store, nor have I had any of it delivered. So. I'm trying to adjust my life, you know. I'm trying not to be such a alcoholic. All right, so we'll see how that works out. But you know, that's we're trying. I, I've I've been undecided, and and maybe now that we're you know kind of I say stuck at home, but I I say you know with gratitude that you know I've I got a family that tolerates me and etc. Instapot or air fryer? Well. You can buy an attachment that goes on the Instant Pot that's an air fryer. <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, just make sure you get the six-quart Instant Pot if you're going to do that. <laughs> I love you so much, John. I hate to, you know, I hate to say this, but yeah, I've had I've had my mother's old pressure cooker like from 1950 for many years. Okay, and I mm-hmm. used to use that in the kitchen, and you know it does the. Thing when it gets up under pressure, and I remember my son's girlfriend freaking out that it was going to blow up the kitchen. Which, of course, if you let it go and you're not paying attention, yeah, it can, it can blow yeah. up your kitchen. I mean, there's nothing to be but ashamed the about. The instant pot is much nicer. You can take a, you know, you can make pulled pork in that thing in a in less than an hour. I mean, less than an hour cook time. What? And it, smart, it's really easy. Smart me up because I was led to believe, and so I'm glad I've got an expert here with us. Uh, yes, we have uh, the uh, Instapot expert John Johnston on the line. John, I, I've heard conflicting rumors reports. I was wondering if you could clarify perhaps, is it true that you have to pre-cook your food before you put it in the Instapot? Or does it do all the... All the cooking there in the Instapot. Can you uh, elaborate on that? I don't know why you'd pre-cook it. Well, I feel like... I mean, the, it's, it's basically a pressure cooker. That's what it is. And I mean, pressure cookers, the key to pressure cookers was always taking something that took like, I don't know, four hours and making it 30 minutes because it's under pressure and it's under, you know, you can... The heat goes way up and... It cooks in a very short amount of time compared to whether it would if you were just cooking it in an oven. Baby back ribs, John. Talk There's to me. people that do that. I think that I'm not doing that. There, are they the heathens uh, that you mentioned before? Yeah, I, they yeah. put those in the smoker, for God's I, sake. I, I mean, I, I realize that I'm not you can put them in an instant pot. There's a lot of people that do that. I personally, I would look at that and go. You know what we call those people, John? You, but wrong sinners. No, they're, yes, they're exactly. Um, have we squeezed about as much uh, out of this episode as we can? <laughs> oh, without getting depressing, I suppose we can. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get depressed. We got enough depressment. Depressment. We have enough depression. That, that depressment. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, 
beans and rice. I, I'm a beans and rice kind of guy. Although if you go to the store now, we you know. can't find any rice. Uh, I, I, my, my kids have made fun of me for years for always having many canned beans and many packages of dried beans in the basement. And normally I have two or three, at least two or three packages of rice. And they're not making fun of me anymore. I mean, I'm not a prepper. But I've always believed that – and maybe that's because, you know, you grew up in western Nebraska where there's tornadoes. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when the power is going to go out. Most importantly, you don't know because all those people that grow up in western Nebraska or out in rural areas, they don't know what's going to happen to their neighbors either. So if a neighbor's house gets wasted by a tornado, you have stuff to give them because people in rural areas are always going to help each other. Because they have to. They can't rely on the government to come out there, mostly because the government doesn't give two shits about them. There's not enough voters. So I think I grew up with this concept of always having stuff around. We had a dirt cellar. We had canned food. We had, you know, maybe not bags of rice and beans. But, you know, this concept has always been with me. Uh, I Maybe it's the rural Nebraskan in me. Well – People, people in cities, I too grow up in cities. I don't think do that. They look at you like you're weird when you. They go into your basement and they see like you know, twenty cans of beans and they're like, "What the hell? You expecting apocalypse? No, if I was expecting apocalypse, I'd have like thirty eight machine guns down there, shit tons of ammo, and then I come over and I take your shit. That's 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 what apocalypse people are doing." All okay. I know is that in the apocalypse, I'm going to my uncle's basement because he has a cellar full of homebrew, and I'm just going to go. There you, there you go. Clear out the beer. Uh, all right. Well, we, John, it's always a pleasure and a delight to speak with you. Uh, I'm if, if I'm not informed each week, I'm at least entertained, and that's all I ask for. We folk, uh, we hope that you folks have been informed and or entertained this week as well. This was episode 170 of the five heart podcast. And I remember back in the, when very early on, I think it was episode 19 and Brian said, stop putting the episode number in the title. And I've been doing it ever since. So, uh, 170 episodes of the five heart podcast, which means we, we should have had the big red Cobcast guys on last week for episode 169. Uh, but that is it for this episode of the five heart podcast for John Dam Johnston. I'm Greg Mahochko. We remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need, John. Go Big Red, and next week I'll share my favorite Instant Pot recipes or pre-shower snack. <laughs> I, we're going to get that pre-shower snack thing going. I, I, I think I think it's bigger than you think. Uh, and also, if you don't know by now, wash your damn hands. Wash, 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 wash your hands.